Um, I am flying around the studio trying to get everything in order, and I might have just cut uh, the announcements short, but... With that being said, I don't Dude, know if it matters I, or not. But. What's the difference between From Bureaus Worldwide, This Is FSN, and Kate Fisher Reports? Well, it's the same thing, really. So, sorry, Kate. We'll hear at the top of the next hour. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome into Heavy Hitters. Jack, sure great report. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley. We're coming your way on this wonderful and awfully chaotic Wednesday. And we have, have just begun. Uh, <laughs> let me. Let, okay, one sec. We got to do a quick one. Jack two, stole my right. headphones. Here you go. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow is right. But we're back. Um, you can fight me in the parking lot. Thank you all for tuning into today's show. And that's <laughs> barely even gotten underway. So don't go anywhere. We are getting right into the sports stuff. Right into it. Stuff. Jack was worried about being late. He was early. Yeah, I jumped the gun. Um, so my bad. Uh, <laughs> all good. But uh, we are here and we have a lot to talk about. We are going to start with the MLB as normal on this show. And with that being said, we have some trade news, free yes, agent do. news, and uh, you know, Mitch, we have to find ourselves in Toronto for this first discussion. Yes, we do. Because Place I'll never go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll find myself in Canada in the future, but for now, I will not be in Canada because I am here, obviously. I pronounce it Canadia. Yeah, Can- <laughs> Canadia. Well, in Canadia. Uh, the Blue Jays ship one of their sluggers to the Mariners. Teoscar Hernandez gets dealt to Seattle. In return, the Blue Jays get right-handed pitcher Eric Swanson and left-handed pitching prospect Adam Mako. I believe that's Mako. No, it's M-A-C-K-O, so it would be Mako. Mako. Yeah, Adam Mako. So those two pitchers go to Toronto. Teoscar Hernandez, the slugger, left fielder slash DH, I would say, goes to the Mariners. Big move by Seattle. They bolster that lineup. They clearly show that they're not messing around. They're all business here uh, in this contention process. So, um, yeah. Mitch, what do you make of this trade? I love it. I love that Seattle is, you know, great season, disappointing end. I love their their adding and and really going for it and saying, you know, we have a year of playoff experience under our belt now. We're going to add, you know, more pieces. This is going to Seattle's here to play, baby. Seattle is here, Jack. They've arrived. Yes, they are. They are indeed here and uh, you know, looking more into this trade. I think it's a fair trade for both sides. I mean, Hernandez is a power bat, hits, you know, 30 plus homers a year. Bats in the upper, you know, 280s to 290 range. About I think he hit about 287 last year. Uh, you know, with uh, over 500 slugging percentage, 132 OPS plus. I mean, he had a great year for Toronto, and he's a guy who can definitely hit the baseball pretty well, and he'll complement the middle of that lineup uh, quite nicely. So, um, you know, I think Jesse Winker for as a guy for Seattle look out in terms of being traded. Uh, you know, the, those rumors have been heating up a little bit that he could be getting shipped out of town, uh, and I think the acquisition of Teoscar Hernandez only further pushes that those rumors could actually come to fruition. So, interesting interesting uh, rumblings out of Seattle. They make that trade. They have guys potentially on the way out the door uh, as they're clearly looking to bolster their roster, especially the lineup, uh, to not only get back to the Divisional Series, but even further next year. So making noise, Jack. They making will, noise. I think they'll be active, especially on the pitching market. I think relievers, they'll be trying to get some more guys. I mean, we uh, can say that about so many teams. This is going to be an active uh, pitching sweepstakes this uh, this year here. Absolutely, absolutely. Hot well, commodities. Sticking with Toronto, they are interested in another fella who's an outfielder, and that guy is from the New York Mets, Brandon Nimmo. Please take him. Has been, you know, on the Blue Jays boards, and now even further up because of the trade of Hernandez that we just saw earlier today. 
So interesting to see where Nimmo will go. I, I ultimately think he'll be back with the Mets, but it would be crazy to see him leave. I really think it would. I think Toronto would be a good fit if he did leave. They don't. They really needed a left-handed bat in that lineup, and he's a guy who's you know walks a lot, gets on base. He does a lot of the you know the small things. So I think he's a guy in a lineup full of power bats. He would really complement them nicely at the top of that order in that leadoff spot. Left-handed bat, uh, good glove in center field, noodle arm, but still a good glove. And uh, yeah, Brandon Nimmo, good player. Arm. Would be dude. It's awful, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, look. This uh, this move by Toronto only says to me that they have something coming down the pike, and uh, it would not shock me if that's Brandon Nimmo. So, you know, this could be a, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Absolutely could, absolutely could. Um, Mitch, I'm interested to see and your thought I'm process to see here. Too. Um, <laughs> well, well, I'm interested to get your your thought process here on, you know, this free agency. It's a little bit of a slow start. We're seeing things start happening, happening. Uh, who do you think is the first, boom, big piece off the board here? Um, well, I think it's going to be a shortstop, uh, because I think that's the market that, you know, it's the most pieces, which means it has the most, you know, teams making calls, seeing who's interested, right? Kind of starting to outbid each other. That's, that's, and because that's such a big deal, I think a lot of teams, and there's such going to be big money allocated there. A lot of teams are waiting to see where their money gets allocated in the shortstop market, if it does then be able to place it elsewhere um you know and it, it might not be the biggest guy there turner that goes first it might be someone like bogarts uh or correa that loosens things up once the first one goes i think you're going to see teams rush to up their offers because they don't want to completely lose out once the first one signs um if i had to guess i would say bogarts interesting interesting i i think bogarts could be off the board first in my humble opinion, I think it's Dancy Swanson goes back to Atlanta. That's the first one. That yeah, that does seem like I feel like most other teams are looking at the top three there aside from Swanson. Yeah, and it's just it doesn't feel like Swanson wants to leave Atlanta. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's a guy who's just gonna be like, Yeah, I'm out of here. Like they've achieved so much. They won a World Series last year. Yep. And you know, it's a team that, you know, they have the core there and he's a guy who can he fits that lineup well. He can hit 25-plus homers. Uh, you know, his discipline at the plate has gotten a lot better over the past couple of years. And, you know, to see what he's going to be able to do, you know, I for, I, I really want him to leave Atlanta. Because he's a good shortstop. I want everyone to leave Atlanta. And uh, for me, I just don't see that happening. I just don't see it happening. No, I see him staying with Atlanta. and um, On a seven-year deal. Yeah, something like Nearing, that. like, 220 mil. Yeah. And Another, I think that's where Atlanta's fine and money, apparently. They can just sign everyone to these... Lowish contract. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. No one's gonna. Alex Antopoulos does a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, despite him being the Braves, you know, GM, he is a one of the best executives in baseball. I mean, it's an undeniable fact. I mean, what he's been able to do to keep that core together, not only now but for the long term as well, and to sign a lot of those guys to some relatively team cheap friendly. contract. Yeah, team friendly is putting it lightly. Yeah. Um underpaid would be the more accurate term. Pennies on the dollar. I mean, Acuña is signed an 8-year deal for 100 mil. I mean, are you kidding that. me? Not 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 last year, a couple years no, ago. No, I know but this. Still, it's that's like ridiculous. Just, you, it's one of those things you have to say to yourself as a fan every time you look at it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, you know, they've been able the Braves have took a new approach. They lock up the young guys when they're really young, give yeah. the players financial stability now. That way when, you know, Michael Harris for instance, 8 years, 70 mil. Now, I think he's 21. By the time we'll be a free agent, he's about 29. So he'll still be in his prime. That way he can go get a big payday 
while getting paid substantially now, well, substantially when he's like, you know, young, young. For a young guy, he's substantial. Yeah. But, you know, like as the course that contract could go on, I'll be like, dang, I really wish I've got more money. But I mean, yes. hey, you know what? There's payoffs. You know, you sign there. You want to win. And, uh, you know, I guess you take a little bit less money to well, stay with a contending team. There's risk with those young guys. You know, one of these young guys, when Atlanta does this, is not going to work out. And, you know, people are going to be like, well, that, that's what you do. If you have five guys in this lineup that are just mashing and they're making a combined, like, $400 million, right, combined, all of that. Uh, and then you just have the one guy that's kind of getting, you know, uh, I don't know, $8 million a year or whatever, and he's not doing anything. You'll take the good with the bad in that situation because Atlanta's strategy is working so well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just it's scary what they're going to be able to do. It's really bad. It, it's like doomsday. It makes me uncomfortable. Every it does. Night I go to sleep and I have nightmares. Like, have just because you got the best of them this year, they're not going to go away. No, they're not. No. You know, and that's a great transition point because the Braves did make a move. This was a couple days ago, but uh, it we didn't really talk about it on the Monday show. Because the Braves suck. Reliever Nick Anderson uh, gets signed to a one-year deal with the Braves. Um, and, you know, this might be flying under your radar a little bit, but Nick Anderson just a you know a couple years ago was a top-of-the-game pitcher. I mean, back half of 2019, gets traded to Atlanta for Miami, 3-0, and 2-11 ERA in 21 innings. Then in a shortened COVID year, .55 ERA in 19 games, 16 and a third innings. And then, you know, he, he got injured, pitched, you know, last year went six innings in 2021. Uh, and then didn't pitch in 2022. So he'll be back for this year after taking the greater part of two years on the shelf. Interesting to see how he comes back. It's a really interesting But, story. like, I really, like, if he comes back the way he was, that's a, another scary piece of the Braves' bullpen. Knowing Atlanta, he'll be better. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's preposterous. But uh, before we get back to our baseball discussion in the Atlanta Braves, uh, we do have a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Our Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season continues on Friday night, February 10th, with a performance by Hannah Violet. The terrific leader of the Hannah Violet trio, her beautiful voice, whether on guitar or fiddle, will really draw your attention. There may even be a surprised, surprise guest musician. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsenhoff at 484-336-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 610-683-3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Coastal University KUR. Heavy hitters Jack High and Mitchell Smedley coming your way on this rather, I'd say, overcast Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's partly cloudy. Yeah, partly cloudy. but yeah. um, And uh, freezing. Yeah, it's cold. It's so cold. It snowed last night. It Jack. did snow last night. It was, uh, you know, that first snowfall of the year is just like whether, you know, the size of it, you know, in terms of, you know, how much snowfall you get. It's always, uh, it, it's an interesting feeling. I don't know how do you feel about it, Mitch. I, I love the snow. Okay, here's Same. my philosophy. And the problem is it didn't stick, so we didn't get any accumulation. Yeah, but to but, see uh, snow falling is just snow like is the holiday season. Yeah, so here's my thing. I hate the winter. Uh, I hate the cold. I hate the wind. I hate the clouds. All that. But if there's snow, I love it. It's I agree. all worth it. I am absolutely in the same boat as you. The I do problem, terrible in the cold. Yeah. The problem is we haven't had the snowfall in the last couple of years. I know, man. We like last year we got no snow, and the year before that it was barely any either. Yeah, we even had a bonkers snow uh, accumulation, and I'd say since um, what 2019. 
Yeah, winter 2022 wasn't that good. 2021, I'd say 2020 was uh, the last good one. Uh, if you remember, that was like a bunch of storms right up to uh, leading into COVID, actually. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing, I you know, because you would stay home from school in those days. And I remember uh, hearing uh, the news talk about COVID-19 cases as I would be on my snow day just having waffles or something. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, we haven't had a snowfall uh, winter like that since we got about like four Oh, no. No, I'm totally wrong on this one. That was uh, winter into 21. Uh, I remember that because uh, I would go up to Sellersville and it was like snowing four straight times or whatever. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think 21 ended up being good through February and into March. But uh, we haven't had like – we don't usually get the January, the December snow. You know what I mean? Which is frustrating. But, yeah, it's it's we usually don't get a lot of that snowfall. This is my little weather discussion. We need Monsoon Mike here. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We got uh, – <laughs> Got Monsoon Mitch in the building. Yeah, Monsoon Mitch. <laughs> Mitch is Smedley. But, uh, yeah, winter 21 was fine. But other than that, we haven't really had much. Um, really, the, the biggest snowfall uh, winter I can remember is winter of 2013 was quite intense. You want to know how nerdy I am, Jack? I remember the names of those storms. The big storms we got coming through here, Maximus, Nika, Orion, Pax, Quintus, and Rex. Wow. Look at that. Impressive. I think I don't know Mitch's my meteorology method. here. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Mitchell Smedley. <laughs> he knows his. He knows his. He's <laughs> his weather knowledge is so cold it could rob you with a bucket of water. Gus Johnson. <laughs> oh, CBS <man>. Sports. <laughs> well, getting back to our movie discussion after our little weather tangent. We uh, that was ah, that was a tangent. Well, you know we're going to the Bay Area, a place where it doesn't snow. Uh, Jock Peterson signs his qualifying offer with the Giants. One year, $19.5 million. Um, You know, I think it's a good deal for him. It was a good, amicable contract in terms of last year, him signing with the Giants on that one-year deal, leaving Atlanta after getting traded to, the, uh, to them at the deadline as a rental. Big part of them winning the World Series. And he goes up to San Fran, has a great year, one of the best years of his career, if not the best. Uh, and now he goes back there. I think it's a good fit. Both sides clearly benefited from, you know, Jock being in a giant uniform and Jock, you know, playing it at Oracle Park and playing out west. It was just a good fit. Uh, you know, he was with the Dodgers for a substantial part of his early career. Uh, and, you know, then he started to bounce around a little bit. But now I think he's going to find his way to settle down with the Giants in the tail end of his career. As, you know, he's only 30, but I think he might re-up on a multi-year deal after this next year. So, uh, Jock, back to the Giants. I like the deal. Slugger hitter. I would have liked to see him come to New York because he can hit the ball out of the yard like crazy ha, but uh you didn't it fits him. with he fits with the giants i think he's just a better fit there so uh you know we'll talk about the mets in a little bit see what they do but uh yeah it's a good move for the right giants now. yeah it is a good move for the giants um giant jock sticking out west la not the dodgers the angels but this pitcher goes from the dodgers to the angels tyler anderson started his career with the rockies went to the dodgers had a breakout year last year uh he was a star he was I mean, a stud him, baby him and tony gonson were really locking it down uh, then Gonson kind of got hurt, came back, really wasn't the same. Anderson was really consistent through and through the whole year. He was really, really good. Uh, and now he goes on a multiple-year deal to the Angels. Three years, $39 million. So GM uh, Perry, uh, I, I could have butchered his name. I think it starts, his last name starts with an M. I think it's Malrissian or something like that. I can't. I'll look it up. But uh, brings him into the Angels and, you know, a mainstay in that rotation now. And if you look at that Angels rotation, it's not bad. They've made some substantial upgrades. you got Otani. Now you got Anderson slotting into the two-spot. Uh, you got Reed Detmers, Jose Suarez, Patrick Sandoval, and they have options in that rotation. It could be a really good rotation of all those guys around their game. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a very good rotation. That I, <laughs> t- 
take notes, Dave Dombrowski. Like, I, what do you want me to say? Anderson's a stud. Those other guys he talked about, they're very good. And um, we'll see how, how it goes in L.A. You know, they obviously have more work to do. But uh, good start there. Good building blocks on the on the pitching side. Yeah, uh, I was close to the name. I'm definitely going to butcher this. So I'm not going to say it. Perry Manishian, I think. I don't know. Um, giving it my best shot. But that's Spell that, John. M-I-N-A-S-I-A-N. Manazian. Yeah, yeah, I think that actually is it. Manazian. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, that's the Angels GM who brought in Anderson. They're trying to bolster up the pitching staff. Um, yeah, Angels making a move. They got one of the better starters on the market, so good for them. Interesting to see how he will mesh uh, with the Angels comparatively to the Dodgers, who have this way of Houdini way of developing pitchers. Examples, Tyler Anderson last year and Andrew Heaney last year was awful with the Yankees because the Dodgers actually is good, and the Mets have been interested in Heaney. That's why I bring that up, but uh, mm-hmm. that's a rumor floating around a little bit. Uh, another one, Nick Martinez signs with the Padres, resigns, I should say. Three-year deal. Our reports have it the exact salary dollar. You know, the dollar amount is not fully reported at this point, but Martinez back with the Padres was a part of that bullpen last year. Uh, slash starter. He was kind of like a hybrid guy, but... Uh, Padres bring him back. Interesting move. Uh, Mitch, you want to weigh in? Um, it is it is interesting. I think it's more of a depth move for the Padres. Um, Nick Martinez, you know, they'll, they'll have him in reserve for, uh, like you said, bullpen or starter. Gives them flexibility, I think. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see a whole lot of, uh, like, a huge dollar amount on this, this contract, obviously, when it gets reported. Um, yeah, interesting move by the Padres. They are uh, bringing guys back. They brought back Martinez. They brought back Suarez. Um... Yeah, we'll see how it goes for them. Well, we do have to take our first break of today's show. When we come back, more MLB discussion on free agent signings, potential train rumors, and uh, injury updates with some star players. And Mitch, I think you know who I'm talking about here. Yes, sir. But uh, we will talk about that on the flip side of this break right here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, stay with us. Welcome back into Heavy Hitters, our number one, Mitchell Smedley, the lovely Jack Heim here on your Wednesday afternoon here in mid-November. Getting on in the semester here, and um, well, we'll get to take a look at a story here that I, right, we're going to this one that you previewed at sure. the end there? All yes. right, let's do it. We're going to take a look at a story that will actually have impacts on next semester. I just... Attacked everything. Okay. It's okay. Uh, we're going to take a look at a story that uh, has impacts next semester uh, because Bryce Harper will be uh, getting surgery on that left arm, or yeah, left arm, right? Um, mm-hmm. On his UCL. Not quite sure if it's Tommy John surgery or not. Uh, that will determine the, uh, the exact timetable of this, Jack. What do you make for this uh, having Harper miss time? Um, I mean, look, we all knew this was coming. Yep. He was playing hurt. No um, doubt, no doubt. And that's why he wasn't playing in right field, because he couldn't throw the ball because of the UCL injury, uh, and that clearly affects your throwing. Made him just as useful as Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's really bad, but I mean... Injured Harper or healthy Nimmo? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to take healthy Nimmo just because he actually can physically throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a razor-thin discussion. <laughs> the, the, the debate is to be made. No, wow. But, um, wow. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Nimmo couldn't throw out Daniel Vogelback scoring from first base on a ground ball to center field. Matt Veerling, better outfielder than uh, Brandon Nimmo. Better arm, yes. And better uh, glove, Nimmo. Mm. Nimmo had a best defensive year of his career this year. I mean, he was really good defensively. Just good for him. Matt, Matt Veerling's my queen. <laughs> Mad really. But look, I mean, you know, obviously, this is something you don't want to see. I mean, this is one of the game's premier players, and uh, he's a guy who just, 
He's an electric kind of guy. You know, he's a guy that brings fans to the ballpark. He was a guy that galvanized Philadelphia when he signed here. Um, and he was the guy that is, you know, he was going to be the franchise guy for the rest of his career. Uh, and the Phillies fans were saying, you know, this is our guy and we're going to be behind him through and through. Uh, and it's unfortunate to see this. I mean, he's not a pitcher, so it's probably won't have as much of an effect on him as you would think, but maybe it will in terms of his ability to throw guys out. Um, but overall, you know, you just want to see Harper back on the field and Harper healthy. Yes. I mean, it's just better better for the game of baseball. And, you know, I hope he doesn't miss extended time in 2023 uh, due to this injury. But, you know, he will miss some time, I believe. And it's just, you know, hopefully it's not a lot. But, uh, you know, it'll be for the betterment of the Phillies and betterment of baseball if he's back on the field sooner rather than later. 100%. You know, this is a guy that literally brought them to the World Series. You know, yeah. he had the home run to bring them there. And he had many other hits and home runs along the way. Uh, this is the heart and soul of the Phillies. You know, they have shown that they can rally around him and hold down the fort until he gets back. They did that for two months this year. Uh, but it's it's no doubt they're a better team when he's healthy and when he's playing well. Um, and not only that, but, I mean, it affects the, the lineup as a whole. It, it allows you to take Kyle Schwarber out of left field, put Nick Castellanos there, uh, because Schwarber, my goodness, he needs to be a designated hitter. I cannot watch that man run around left field anymore. Um, it has a big effect on the team. It will have a big effect on the team, but what has a bigger effect on the team is if you don't do this, if you don't treat it, and it gets worse. Uh, they tried to bring him back on a throwing program in August. It wasn't feeling right. They shut it down. Great move because you saw what he did in the playoffs. Uh, I have full confidence in the Phillies that they're going to handle this right because they've handled it right the entire way along. Um, and thank goodness they didn't just throw in the towel and say, let's get the surgery uh, back in June or, or early July when this first happened. Uh, because you wouldn't have had Harper for that magical run, and and who knows if they even get there. So uh, I think they've played it right. I uh, honestly just I, I just have trust in the organization, trust in Harper to know his body. He's a very you know ag- aggressive player in the sense that he wants to be playing, he wants to be out there, but he also knows that he's on a 13 year deal. We're only four years in. He's got a lot of time left uh, to make his mark and to be the player that he wants to be. And if he has to miss you know a month, two months. I think he'll uh, he'll understand and, and he'll be fine in the long run. So, um, hate to see it. Hate to know that he's probably going to miss time. We'll see how much. Um, I believe the Tommy John surgery would be the worst case scenario, right, Jack? Yeah, that definitely would be the worst case scenario. He's getting this. He's getting surgery done either way. Yep. It's just a matter of getting Tommy John or not. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani in 2018, he had to get uh, Tommy John. He got it on October 1st. Came back May 7th of 2019. So you know, he only missed what is that six seven months. Yep, that's uh, let's see, you're in ten. So if you if you had seven get, months plus, yeah, yeah, if you had to get Tommy John, figure Harper would be back. What it's mid November, so December, January, February, June-ish. March, April, May, yeah, around Juneish, around mid June. And say. and Otani's a pitcher. Let's not forget that's yeah. much more intensive, exactly, than a than a right fielder. So it could probably be sooner, probably late May. You would figure. Uh well, I I think on that calculation it was going to be later June. So I'd estimate by June 1st. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And okay. my very amateur, I'm not a doctor, I don't know any of this, and we don't even know if it's Tommy John. Exactly. This uh, is all I would say somewhat reasonable timetable to expect right now with the information we have would be June 1st, which is fine because that's right when uh, Schwarber turns into a great player and and even if they're down 10 games below 500, you know, uh, Harper and Schwarber just won't miss and they'll be hitting 30 home runs in the month of June combined and it'll be beautiful and we'll be back. Yeah, that's I mean... prediction right there. Isn't it weird how, how Schwarber turns it on in June? Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy how he does that. Uh, a couple more Phillies notes here. Dave Dombrowski said today they have flexibility to add another high-salary player. 
with so much money coming off the books this year, makes sense. Yep. Um, you know, they've been rumored to trade Turner. They, you know, obviously they wouldn't be rumored to guys that they didn't have enough funds to get them. Brought uh, up uh, which prospect. makes sense. Yes. Uh, and Dave Dombrowski also said they plan on keeping one of the younger rotation pieces, uh, op- uh, a job, a rotation spot, excuse me, open for one of the younger guys. You know, example, you know, Bailey Falter, Christopher Sanchez, or, or even Andrew Painter. I was thinking, I, th- I think uh, when he's talking about that, he's talking about Painter. Um, there's no way you try and launch another realistic playoff run with Bailey Falter in your five. It's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Bailey Falter needs to be a bullpen guy like this year's Nick Nelson. You know, like you can't be seriously considering Bailey Falter or Christopher Sanchez. That comment about keeping the the spot open that's for Painter. They know he's coming up this year. He's a stud. He's going to be awesome. Uh, that's what that spot's for. On top of that, you have the top three are Wheeler, Nola, and uh, Suarez. So that means you have your four open. Do you stick a guy like Thor or, or Kyle Gibson in there? I certainly hope not. I want to see the Phillies go get one starting pitcher. Yeah, he said we'll want to add another starter beyond those three exactly. guys that he mentioned. So that's the plan. Attack depth starting pitching. Yep. Maybe get another big name uh, to come to the city of brotherly love. Probably one of the most misnamed cities uh, in, in all of the are land. Are you kidding? But, uh, what are you talking about? That's just my take. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I think thankfully this puts to bed the idea of bringing back Thor uh, bringing back uh, Gibson or anything like that. I mean, it was a disaster with those guys. So uh, moving on, uh, hopefully a different spot there to move on to uh, in the four spot for the Phils. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a couple, uh, we have a Yankees tidbit here. Rizzo re-ups with the Yankees two years, $40 million. There was speculation that the Astros might be interested in the Yankee first baseman, but he resigns with the Janks. He'll stay in the Bronx for at least two more seasons. And uh, I think it's just a good fit. Again, it's like Jock for me. You know, Rizzo shined in New York. He yep. played pretty well. He just fits in the Yankee in the Yankee pinstripe. So it's a good deal. And uh, they're both back. So look at that. Uh, nothing really in Mets world going on for me right now. I mean, they've been linked to a couple guys. You know, bringing Nimmo back. Uh, you know, Seth Lugo is probably more than likely at the door. They're going to try to adjust bullpen stuff. Uh, you know, fill out that starting rotation. Rodon's been a name that's been floating around. Uh, you know, maybe they go after Verlander, but I'm not sure at this stage of the game. So, you know, I'm interested to see what Billy Upper and the Mets got cooking up. Um, I really, what would really qualify am. a disappointing offseason for you? Not a, uh, having our rotation, not getting multiple starters for me would be disappointing. Because um, who's sticking around right now? It's, uh, it's right now it's Scherzer, Scherzer. blank, blank, uh, Carrasco, and either David Peterson or Tyler McGill. Or you could throw both of them in there right now, but that would be doomsday situation. <laughs> So you need to probably. Um, so you think you need two starters? Probably yes. Okay. Two starters, fill out the bullpen, and would you be fine with one? Like if you got a premier like Verlander, and then you were starting that McGill and uh, yeah, I could work with situation. that. Okay, you I could, could work, work with, with that. that. So the line for you is zero starters. That would be awful. That would be absolutely horrendous. That would be okay. Hundred percent failure. How about for your lineup? Yeah, well, that's a hundred percent failure. What? How would you see uh, the the one piece? deal like a Verlander bringing in and then having to start those two back end guys I don't know I Verlander kind of wants a Scherzer contract and I don't think the Mets are capable of bringing on two guys that weigh that big of a luxury tax if uh, they did money I mean if they did I would be less disappointed but also like we needed to do more we could have got like a Verdon and a Sanga mm-hmm. and then filled up this rotation much better and complement everything okay but you know that's just me I'm not going to say no to Justin Verlander. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I prefer a more balanced rotation compared to a more top-heavy rotation. Gotcha. And your lineup, what would disappoint you there? I think 
we need an outfielder, most certainly. The infield's pretty filled out. We got Lindor, McNeil, Alonso, and Escobar third. Uh, catching spot's going to just not be good again. Hopefully Alvarez will be able to take steps forward and, you know, be a mainstay in the majors this year. And that way James McCann gets shunned to a, uh, you know, backup kind of role. Backup catcher, yeah. Or maybe he gets just bought out in general. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'd like to see us bring Nimmo back. But if we don't, I'd like to see us get, heck, maybe Aaron Judge. I'm not going to go there and say we can do that if we get all those other guys. Or just, you know, maybe get like a guy who can, he's a decent fielder, but his guy who's got a lot of pop. I mean, that's what this lineup needs. We need more pop in this lineup, man. I mean, I was thinking about that. The only slugger I'm really scared of on this team is Alonzo. Yeah. That's I mean, it. Lindor can hit 25 plus. That's decent. That, fine, that's that's yeah. That's good enough. But yeah, we need more, we need more pop in this lineup. I mean, Canna can't. Canna's not a power guy. Marte is a guy who could hit around, you know, fifteen to eighteen a year. Escobar around twenty ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, McNeil's gonna hit around ten to fifteen max, max fifteen, probably more like hovering that ten to fourteen range. I mean, you gotta the pop is so important because look at this division. Look who you're playing with. You're playing with you the Braves. You need to be able to hit the long You know, ball. we know who we know who the Braves are. They are sluggers. You know, you're looking at Olsen, you're looking at uh, Riley, you're looking at uh, Acuna. I mean, the list goes on there. Even you look at the Philly lineup now. Uh, even if, especially if they bring in a guy like Turner, right? I mean, you're looking at Harper, Turner, Schwarber, Castellanos. When he's actually on, I think is like a 25 home run guy. I don't think he's 34, but I don't think he's 13. I think he's 25. Uh, and Hoskins, who was 30 this year, and Real Muto, who's 20. Like Real Muto's like the fifth or sixth best guy in that lineup, and he's hitting as much as like your second or third best guy. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it just, we need more home runs. We need more home runs. That's the fact of the matter. I love the balance. I love the approach to the lineup. You know, it's it's important to have a blend, I think, of uh, contact hitters and guys who can hit the ball to the ballpark. I mean, just look at Houston's lineup. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Alvarez is a slugger. Payne was a multi-purpose guy. He could just do everything. Altuve gets on base. That's the home run ability. Bregman, of course. Kyle Tucker. I mean, you can go down the lineup. Those yep. guys, they're just, they can do it all. And exactly. So you just got to be able to find a way to get that balanced type of lineup. Have guys who can hit for power, guys who get on base, and guys who can do both. I mean, just having yep. three, all three levels of hitters is vital to winning the World Series. I think the, a successful organization. I think the Mets is like a three-run home run kind of team. Like they're trying to get the two guys on base and then the one guy come through with the home run. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, that's what they're trying to do. Where the you know the other teams in this in this division and in this uh, whole league as a whole uh, can just pepper you with solo and, and two-run shots. Where the Mets, they're relying on that big hit at the one time. And it, it sometimes it works. Sometimes it happens. Uh, sometimes they do get the back-breaking hit. You know, I think of fly ball, left field. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it happens. Uh, but a lot of times you're left wanting more. And, and it reared its ugly head in, in the playoffs. But I think you're right. I think you will get some pop. And uh, we'll see what happens. I was just trying to figure out what you would be, as a fan, disappointed with. What would be the line? Um, and I think yeah. we figured it out. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I'll ask you that same question in just a minute. And what? Because you know, yep. I know you want Turner. That you've said that multiple times. Oh, that's so that's the that. goal. Yeah. And we'll we'll get your approach on what other like, types of guys you want after that. But there are some other big New York news uh, in terms of soccer, and this only applies to the Mets because it's near the Mets. Uh, NYCFC, the one of the MLS teams based in New York, will be building a stadium right across from City Field uh, that will start, I believe, as soon as next year and end by 2027. Uh, to have that mecca of a stadium be across from City Field, so they're really building up that area because that, you know, when the Mets built City Field there, you know, the lot across in the stadium, it was a lot. 
yeah, it's not. It, it wasn't a pretty area. I mean, it's just nothing there. It just looks gross. I mean, it's bleh. Yeah. It's, Can we knock down the building that gives all that glare? It's not even just. Gl- it's not even just grass. It's just like gravel and like nothing. It's just. It's yeah. not a good sight to look at. So, having another professional sports stadium in the area will build it up, make it look better, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it would make it a nice area to go to as well. City Field's a good ballpark, but nothing's you know, better than the Philly the sports complex. Area, the surrounding area isn't the, the best, but yeah. uh. Well, it's New York. What do you expect? Well, okay. Yeah. Like Philly's this magical place. Oh, we are. Had no murders during the time of the World Series. Well, there were other things on people's minds called baseball. Yeah, so. exactly. Baseball brings our city together. It's a beautiful thing. That's that's sports, though. Sports equals unity. Yes. So it's a great thing. Sports is a marvelous, marvelous thing. And I think the pandemic really showed the, its impact on the world and people. Because uh, when it was absent, it was a... Uh, you know, I was kind of at a loss, man. Like, you know, we're not going to go down this too long. But, oh, it was you know, bad. It was like, man, like, what do I, what do I do? It's like, what? Like, sports is not in my life right now. It's like, this is crazy. I never would have came to expect it, but we're back. Sports has been back, and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing uh, to be. You know, we even have this platform to talk about sports. It's just honestly such a blessing. One hundred percent. Yep. I mean, Mitch, now we got to talk about the Phillies before our second break of hour one. Okay. You know, we know you want Turner. We know you want that upgraded shortstop. Yeah. Pitching staff, we talked about, uh, you know, the four and five. If there was one guy you'd want to see as a four, who would it be and why? And I'll, I'll give you a list of some Yeah, names give me some names here. On the market. Justin Verlander. <laughs> yeah, as my four star. Yes. I mean, come on. Like, bare minimum here. You got to have Verlander. Like, if you don't have Verlander in the four, what do you, you're not a baseball team. Precisely, precisely. Okay, <laughs> let me grab my laptop here and read you some. My production. I think names. they'll get a starter. I think they can. They've shown that they can be fine even without that, you know. But uh, my predominant look is in the bullpen. I need a revamped bullpen here. I need decent dudes coming in to to eat up these innings that that are going to be there, and because uh, that's been the weakness of this team for so long. Yeah. I just need a bullpen. I want. An upgraded shortstop, obviously, if it's Turner, that's fantastic. That's what I think is going to happen. But if it's Bogarts, if it's Correa, great, whatever. Um, and I, I I think they will get a starting pitcher. We heard that from Dombrowski. That's probably going to happen. The real question mark is the bullpen for me. Last year they brought in three guys. You know, I'd, I'd argue uh, one and a half of them worked out because Knable, uh got hurt. But one and a half of them worked out. Uh, if you can bring in three to four more guys, have two to three of them work out, that's a success for me. Yeah, well, you know, we'll go that right instead. We'll read off some quick bullpen names. Uh, Phillies are needing a closer. There's a couple in the market. You got yeah. Craig Kimbrell, Kenley Jansen, Taylor Rogers. Out of those three, who would you like? Uh, Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen. I, you know, okay. I'm not a Kimbrell guy. You're not a Kimbrell guy. No. Understandable. I think at this point of his career, he's not the same guy that he he's was. Cooked. He's gotten tired of getting these old names. So enough of the uh, enough of the Syndergaard thing. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. Some built-up anger. Now, a guy I want to see the Mets get, Andrew Chafin. He's a lefty. He was with Detroit. I think mm-hmm. we were after him last year. Didn't get him. I think the Mets go after him, get him again this year. But, uh, you know, I'm going to read off some other names, and I'm going to see who you would potentially be interested in bringing in as well as kind of a guy who can complement Dominguez in that setup type of role. Yeah, you need the, the seventh inning guy. Because so, Dominguez will lock down your eighth. You need seventh, and you need sixth, I think. Okay, Chad Green, uh, Richard Blyer. Um, let me keep going here and guys who could be back in pieces. Uh, Michael Fulmer could qualify. Um, Chris Martin is a maybe seventh inning guy. And one more. I'm trying to find one more here. Uh, this list is not that loaded. Nope. There's not a lot. It's really not. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with those guys. Out of those, okay, we're going to re- read the names again. Fulmer, Martin, Green, 
Oh, Adovino could work. Yeah, Adovino. I like Adovino. Adovino could fit in there. I like Adovino. And and Blyer as a possibility. Out of those five, give me two. Mm, Adovino, definitely like Adovino. And uh, who was the first one you say? Green? Yes. Yeah, I'll Chad take, Green. I'll so, take Chad Green. Okay, yeah. so you plucked two from the New York markets. Exactly. Interesting. I like it. I mean, I don't know if it's all going to happen. No, this is look, purely just fun. The for, line for disappointment for me um, would be if you get like the worst shortstop on the market. I think out of the top three, I would least want Correa. Uh, you get some really bad starter to just pluck in there, you know, like a Gibson, like a Syndergaard 2.0. Uh, and then you only get like two bullpen pieces. That would be disappointing for me. Upgraded any of those, and I'm okay with the offseason. All right. I like it. I like your If you can get me three decent bullpen guys, uh, a shortstop upgrade, um, and some, you know, fine, like whatever back end starter, that's fine. If you can get me, you know, the two bullpen additions, but a, a great addition to the starting rotation and some shortstop upgrade, that's also good. And if you get me, you know, like a Turner or Bogarts, uh, and then the two and the one, I think that's also uh, acceptable. Not dream scenario, not very good, but acceptable. So that's how I see it. All right. Well, that is where Mitch's line of disappointment stands. We do have to take our final break of hour number one here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, moving on to NFL preview for week 11. As the NFL season continues to fly on, we will get into all things NFL next right here on Heavy Hitters on the flip side of this break. Thank you for listening and stay with us. Plenty more coming your way next. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters. Everybody right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. Yo, yo. We are back. And we are moving on. NFL discussion time. It was a good MLB free agency slash trade rumors slash little injury stuff. All along with talk about our favorite teams, as always. Um, Gotta hit the local markets. Yes, we do. Yes, we do indeed. Now, uh, Mitch, we oh, didn't God. really talk about this. Oh, no. But uh, I think it's time. Mm-mm. Don't do it. I think it's time we do. We got to no. take a little rewind no, before no, no, we no, no, look no. ahead. It's a bad idea. Monday Night Football. That's my thing. That is my thing. Well, you know what? I get to do it now because the fraud. I can't believe you did that. You're a piece of. The frauds got exposed, ladies and gentlemen. No. The fraudulent no. Philadelphia You're right. Eagles. The frauds did get exposed. The referees are fraudulent. That was absolutely disgusting, and I will yell into my mic. I don't care how much it peaks. MVP this was Taylor disgusting. Heineke. It was a face mask on Dallas Goddard. It was Atrocious a call. stupid call on Brandon Graham. This was a That's where we disagree. St- I know, but it's t- he tried to pull up. No, Heineke slides no, down like what no, i've never seen a quarterback do that in the pocket and, and that's what put the head and shoulders head and shoulders that's what put the head and neck head, area shoulders knees and toes. <laughs> that's what the, he put his head shoulders knees head toes right in brady Graham's way <laughs> right in his way this was the dumbest end to a game i've ever seen and now i gotta hear wow eagles lost by double digits six of those came on a dumb last minute lateral play okay so stop that it was a one score game Completely turned by two ridiculous, ridiculous penalties. I'm not excusing the defense for allowing 26 points. Uh, I will say Josh Sweat is injured. That hurts my soul watching him lay on the field like that. (laughs) My soul. soul. He had the strip sack. I do like Josh Sweat. He had the strip sack that got the game going. 
He's an impact player. Playing without him is a completely different defense. And then, and then, and, and then, only then, the catch by Dallas Goddard should have had 15 more yards on it and possession, mind you. But no, we're just going to be blinder than Mitch and not call the face mask. Yeah. Give me a break. This isn't. This is this is frauds getting it that, This is that, the NFL that face being mask. the dumbest rule league I've ever seen. Review that. The most, especially the player safety penalties, like the face mask, like the horse collar, like these late hits. They need to be reviewable. The, the fifteen yard penalties are such impact penalties. They need to be reviewed. They tried it with pass interference. I get that it was a disaster. You need to keep trying to make this work. I can't stomach this anymore losing games like this the problem is the games will take so much longer oh when has the nfl ever been concerned with that all that means is more ad money for them i it's mean not yeah, a, it's not a revenue it's, it's, it's a revenue thing it's not less viewers are you watching less if your football game takes four hours instead of three and a half people complain that baseball takes too long right it's the same no it's really the, not the that much of a difference. with baseball is that it takes too long between action if you have a replay, they can do expedited replays in like 90 seconds or less. So They can do that. This is not a baseball issue where we're watching pitchers, you know, do the hokey pokey before every pitch. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> this, is, know, this is What are we doing here? I mean, the face mask, face mask was terrible. That was a horrible non-call. Even I could see it. Horrible non-call. I mean, that was borderline worst call of the year. Worst missed call of the year. I mean, that was horrible. I mean, he's getting grabbed by his face like and ripped down to the ground. I mean, his his head is going one way and his he's body's going out. the other. He's hurt on that play, Jack. Yeah, and it's just, look, it's... Player it's, safety calls need to be atrocious. reviewable. It was atrocious. You need to hold these players accountable for injuring other players. Yeah, and, you know, it was horrible. Very, very bad. Very, very bad. I cannot ex- emphasize that enough, how bad... Atrocious that was. I mean, the refs there on that specific play, and we know you. I know you have a gripe of the other one that you mentioned earlier. Yes, we'll get that's to that. a stupid but, call as well. But you know, the, the face mask was horrible. There's, it's inexcusable how you missed that. Really changed the game, and now Goddard's out multiple weeks. Um, and you know, it's it's not good. It, it's it's atrocious. I can't really put it any way. Bad look else. for the NFL. Bad look for the NFL. Absolutely. Watch out this week. How many? How many calls do you think they're going to be on face masks now? We're going to... We're going to be attention. Yeah, absolutely. But let me just say one more thing. And this is about the thing that we disagree on. The, the late hit on Brandon Graham. A, a little situational awareness here would do the referees some good, okay? I think Brandon Graham has to have a little situational awareness. No, no, no. Awareness. He did. He did. You see on the replay, the he tries other guy, to pull up and go to the, the left. The other guy touches him first, and then he runs into him. It's a bang-bang football play. No. I'm sorry. When Heineke People was on the ground. each other in football. If you he look slips on the ground, down, Jack. It's a bang-bang play, and Brandon Graham tries to get out of the way. He That's takes a big an, dude. He He's takes a an big intentional dude. knee. He has a lot of force. I'm sorry, Taylor Heineke rolling out to the right and just slipping. Now, if you look at the replay, and I know it's not, you, you can't do that. But Even I can see him try and make a move to the left to avoid the hit. But look, you know, it's just, look, Heineke clearly slides down intentionally, if you look at it. And then When has a quarterback ever Graham, done that before? Graham is four yards away from the time Heineke is now on the ground. Another guy is rushing off, I forget who it is, comes up, touches him, but, you know, Graham also got there simultaneously, and... And bumped him and ran into him. 
ran into him and knocked him down, and then Heineke gets up celebrating. I thought he was already down. Like they won Wasn't the Super he already Bowl. down? How did he knock him down if he was already down? He was on his knees, knocked him on his back, I should say. Okay. So no, in a bang bang play like that, you're not. Remember the quarterbacks that that fake the slide and then keep going. This yeah. is getting ridiculous. But he also intentionally slid. He's not going to get up and keep running because now might. two guys charging at him. He might. You don't I, know look, that. It's, it's the play of the game. A little situational situational awareness by the refs would do this league so much good. You can't make a terrible call like that. It's one thing at any point in the game, but it's another when it seals the game. Look, Winning games on penalties is bogus, and this league has too much of it. Look, do I love the the way that game was called and in terms of that penalty, the way it happened? No, but in today's NFL, that is a penalty. He tried to get out in of today, the way. In today's NFL, that is a penalty. He it's tried not, to get out do of I, the way. Do I agree with it? Do I love it? No, but that's just the way it is. It's it's the new soft era of the NFL with these and it's penalties. stupid. It's stupid. You what know, have I been yelling about the entire season, Jack? These guys need to be hitting in practice. This is football. People hit each other. That that this is why America loves it because it's violent. Now, by no means, if I'm permissing that you're just coming over the middle and you're just you know taking someone's head off no! in a dirty hit. You but finish look, a play. Look at though. the end of the day. Look at the end of the day. There's got to be a lane here to be hit. You know. The problem was, you know, in the older times, it was, you know, too loose on these big-time hits. Yeah. Now we're too critical on them because yes. you, you you hit somebody the wrong way. If you hit them too low, it's a penalty. Hit them up high, it's a penalty. I mean, these, these defenders— Where can you hit them? Yeah, these defenders, you know, really can't do anything. And that I'm not just saying this applies to this specific instance. We see it well too often, and there's hundreds upon hundreds of examples week after week. I mean, it's just like, you know, whether they're penalized or not, it's just—you look at it and say, well, well you know, the announcers are always debating, well— is that, is that a right hit? I mean, like, come on. What are we doing well, you here? Can see, it's you a know, big reason he, why he I hit his started. right pinky finger with a little bit too many newtons of force. Yeah. And that'll constitute a penalty every time, you know. It did his... Gene Steratore. Did, did the side of his helmet accidentally graze the guy as he was coming by trying to turn out of the way? Oh, 15 or penalty. Was That's he was he too loud in, in, in yelling as he came toward the quarterback that may have damaged his eardrums? That's roughing the passer. Yeah, it's just like, come on. I mean... It's it's part of the reason why I'm really starting to get sick and tired of the NFL. I mean, it's just like, you know, I used to really like the NFL. I did. I mean, I was passionate about it when I was growing up. I mean, and not that I still don't like it now, but man, my my, I just I, I can't I can't say that I have the same, you know, passion for the NFL as I once did. I'll tell it's you what, just, I don't respect quarterbacks anymore. I, I don't basically my respect no for the respect league is quarterbacks anymore. Oh, the league, yeah. I, Dude, I'll tell you. I mean, who has I, the, in my opinion, I'll tell you who has the hardest job right now is defensive lineman. Is 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 just it's so difficult. Do you do you make a sack or not? Like what and do you do backs. now? Really? Oh, DBs too. Yeah. Yeah. What's pass interference now and all that? You no. Know, you know, am I supposed to let him catch the ball or should I go hit him? Like right. You know, it's just it, it's ridiculous. My respect and you know praise the NFL is plummeted. It's just it. In my opinion, the league's become almost a joke. It really has. It, it's you know in terms of. Offense, offense, offense. You can't. You can barely play defense anymore. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's so many low-scoring games, but I attribute that more to incompetent offense compared to marvelous defense. And it's just, I mean, wow. I mean, the the era and the time that we're living in in the NFL, it's it's borderline terrible. I mean, I don't even. It so- is for this to be a prime time game, Jack. Huge, you know, divisional matchup. 
of an undefeated team that has proven themselves week in and week out to be a very good team, and for them to lose on a primetime stage because of two calls like that, this should be eye-opening. I, I don't know why, and I've said this, I don't know why the big play penalties, those 15-yarders, those player safety penalties aren't reviewable. Yeah. Aren't reviewable. You're going to keep having this because guys are going to think it's okay to just grab people by the face mask and force a fumble from that. Well, Mitch, after further review, we do have to get a quick message from the KU or note, but attention KU students. Have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty and student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary, necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.cutstown.edu slash UGRC and look under grants and sponsor projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Cutstown University, KUR. Heavy hitters, final about three minutes or so of hour one. We will wrap up our fiery discussion on the Monday night game and the refs and the state of the NFL. Uh, and, you know, hour number two, we will move through our week 11 picks. But, yep. Mitch, yeah, any I, last thoughts on this Monday night game? Look, my last thoughts are this is, aside from the refs, Sparta. this is somewhat proof that Jalen Hurts is not the guy. He couldn't spark anything in the second half, had that one touchdown drive to skinny Batman. But other than that, I mean, 14 early points. And then what did he do? Nothing. This is on Jalen Hurts, you know, second most to the refs. I mean, this is the game I've been look, waiting for to say Jalen Hurts is not the guy. I don't know, man. Uh, he's look, not. As an outsider looking in, that's just a hater mentality. No, he's, I mean, no, it's not. I mean, look at this. The, they couldn't run the ball either. I mean, come on. Yeah, you got to be a little bit fair, the guy. 20 carries, 94 yards, 4.7 carry. It's, it's, nah, it's okay. For Miles Sanders? Sanders, 54 yards and 12 carries. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's a, meh. Sanders looked good. Sanders looked good when he had the ball. Here's my problem, though. I mean, I'm, not all of it's on, I'm not saying all of it's on Hurts. Here's the problem. It's it's not even a Nick Sirianni thing. Sure, there's blame to go around here. I don't like what I. Here's the thing. I don't like how Hurts played. I don't like how Sirianni coached. Should have been more run first. We always have this issue with the Eagles, right? Always. Why aren't they running the ball? But here's the thing. I mean, Jalen Hurts makes a throw. It's not a great throw, but it's caught by Quez Watkins. Stay down or hold on to the ball. One of those two, please. Can we not fumble at the 15 yard line? Can we not, please? This was after the Dallas Goddard thing. You still had a chance. You had the ball in the red zone. Stay yeah. down when you're down because there's guys coming at you. Or, I don't know, maybe, like, hold on to the football? Okay, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Give I me mean, a break. And, you know, you cough the ball up four times. This guy sucks. You know, Hurts throws one pick. I mean, you know, mistakes happen. It's not, it's not like yeah, he's It's only like his third coach. pick of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's let's, playing really I've been well. saying, like, wow, where are the Jalen Hurts interceptions? Well, there was one. It's fine. Quarterbacks throw a pick in a game. It's it not the end mistakes. of the world. Yeah. And even after all these mistakes, after not running the football, after the pick, after the fumble by Quez Watkins, after all of this, we still have a chance to win the game. That's what hurts so much is we even at our worst. That was the Eagles' worst game of the season played. That was awful. The defense stopped being able to play defense after the first series. It, it is what it is. Everything fell apart. Even at their worst, they still had a valid chance to beat a 500 football team. That's how good the Eagles are. At their worst, without any extenuating circumstances, they still have a chance to beat a 500 win uh, a 500 team. 
Yeah, I mean, look. That's, that, I don't think you calling the Eagles frauds is valid. And no, that's my no, reasoning. No, I just think it's, I was just joking, honestly. Yeah. I was just I like to poke fun. But yeah. um, how many minutes we got before? Yeah, uh, we got we got one more minute. Look, my final thoughts in this game. Uh, you know, you got to credit Washington's ability to run the ball well enough. They didn't run it, you know, out of this world. That was annoying. That was annoying. Forty nine five carries, yards a carry. Yeah, forty nine carries a buck fifty two. I mean, that's three point one on average of pop for everybody. They get in the end zone twice. They were able to do just enough of the ground. Heineke just enough through the air. Terry McLaurin has a good game. And they were able to get out of there with a win. I mean, look, it's you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, the refs certainly played their factor, and we talked about that. But, you know, Washington got out of there with a win, and they did some things well. And that's, you know, I think more important than that win outside of those red calls. They certainly played a factor, don't get me wrong. Yep. But, you know, Washington did some things good enough, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And then they made defensive plays when they needed to. They played like a 500 team. Yeah. They made mistakes. They made good enough plays. That's, that's what you expect. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that will take us to the top of the hour. When we come back, we will shift our focus on our NFL discussion to our Week 11 picks. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more coming your way in hour number two on Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Cutson University. Get your cuts down. Hour number two, Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim talking NFL football. Got Week 11 to preview. Uh, Wow, we're getting up there. Uh, Well, 11 is significant for a reason we'll get to in a few games here, but... uh, Man, oh man, week 11, Jack. Where are we starting? How you doing on the second hour? I'm doing pretty good. Doing uh, pretty good. That, I'm that, tired. That was a lot of yelling for me. Yeah, it was. And you know, that the start to the second hour went much better than the start to the first hour. Mm. But uh, we Much calmer. Much yes, calmer. much calmer. We actually heard chaos. Kate Fisher. We, he, we did hear Kate Fisher's report. <laughs> that was... Very uh, good. But you saw where I could get a little tripped up. They said so. the words FSN. And I got a little uh, a little uh, skitzy there. But, yeah, uh, so there was a lot going on hour number one. There was a lot going on. Well, we're going to start good. with tomorrow night's Thursday Night Football game in Green Bay. Told you that was my thing. Bum, 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 bum. No, I like that. I love that part. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Well, while Mitch continues to beatbox the intros to to the NFL NFL theme songs, uh, we're going to Green Bay, Titans-Packers. Packers Packers favored by three after their big win against Dallas in overtime in America's Game of the Week. They welcome in the 6-3 and three Titans, who have been quietly rolling. Quite, like, they're the quietest rolling team I've ever seen. This is crazy. They're like the They're least, actually a good team in the AFC South. They're the least talked about 6-3 and three team in the league this year for sure, and oh, yeah. probably in a long time. Yeah. I haven't heard a word out of them. They started 0-2 and now have won five of the next six. No, no. They're 6-1. 6-7. 6-7. I can't wow. do math. It's okay. It's okay. Don't take math from me. I was terrible in math coming up uh, through the ranks of schooling anyway, so don't take math from me. Uh, at least simple math anyway. I don't know. Um, getting into it, Titans-Packers. Uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on this one? Ooh, Tennessee, man. Oh, with Tennessee in this one. I mean, King Henry, It's uh, you know we had our first snowfall here, and he's the Yeti. He uh, He's a different person when, when there's snow on the ground, in the air, when it's cold. Um... Upset of the week? It's only three points, but I guess so. Upset of the week. Give me the Titans to uh, advance to seven and three over the Green Bay Packers on uh, on Thursday night football. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, 
I mean, Ryan Tannehill and, and awful Aaron Rodgers are pretty similar, right? You know, maybe maybe even Tannehill better. Um, tell you what, Sonny. Tell you what, yeah. Uh, I mean, the what. receiving cores are both terrible, right? Like, name me the best receivers on these teams. Christian Watson probably for Green Bay. He had three touchdowns last on week. On four catches, though. Uh, for the Titans, probably Robert either Robert Woods or uh, Westbrook Akine. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. Not good receivers on each side. Uh, I mean, whose defense do you trust more? I, w- I would say the Titans, right? I would. Yeah, so, I mean, looking up and down, I mean, I think they got an advantage at defense and quarterback, and I think uh, running back as well. Like Derrick Henry is much better than a combination of Aaron Jones and, who's that, A.J. Dillon? Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm just looking up and down here. I don't I don't see a aspect of the game where Green Bay is going to dominate. But, you know, it's not the quarterbacks going against each other. It's the it's Ryan Tannehill going against the Packers defense. I think that's a plus matchup, or, you know, relatively low plus matchup for Tennessee compared to uh, awful Rodgers going up against uh, the Titans defense. So give me the Titans in a close, grimy game. It's going to be another one of those ugly games, uh, but it's going to be so ugly that it's actually entertaining. A couple picks here and there, both sides, you know. Well, interesting. This is where we defer, partner. Really? I will go Green Bay. Wow. Okay. Now, my basis is they beat the Cowboys at home, and that's the win they needed to change their season. That's the win they needed. They needed that win to keep any sort of hope alive. And that's going to instill some life back in the squad. I tell you what, Mitch, Packers win. Packers win by seven. Mm, 27-20. 27-20. Green Bay wins it. 23-20 Titans. Boom. Touchdown, Titans. I love that announcer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, who is I forget his name. I cannot remember. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, give me uh gimme Tennessee whiskey on this one. Well, we will go to the Meadowlands, get this one over with early. Yeah. The Detroit Lions will take a visit to play the New York football Giants. Seven and two, three and six. Giants favored by three. Mitch That's it. I will start off with this one. I'm gonna go with the Giants. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna go with the Giants by a lump sum here. Um Saquon Barkley will have a day. We'll have a day. As he so often does. We'll have a day. And the Giants will win by double digits. Mm, this is where we differ, son. <laughs> this is where we differ, I'm son. giving you the Giants by nine. Just short of that double digits, just to spite Jack. Okay. <laughs> no, well, this is going to be, this is not going to be a very, like, and the only reason it's not going to be double digits is like a late touchdown to St. Brown, you know, like in garbage time. Yeah. Is there a path to a Lions win in this game? Um. Well, I mean, it's the Giants, so yes. What would they need to do? Um. How many points would they need to score to win? If you stop Saquon Barkley, you might only need to score 20. And that's within the Lions' capability. Can the Lions stop him, though? That's the problem. That's really what this game is uh, going to come down to. Uh, can they stop Saquon Barkley? I doubt it because Saquon is a beast. Saquon. And, you know, it seems like the offensive line is actually uh, there this year. So Andrew Thomas, best lineman in football. Yeah. I, I You know, he's. I don't know about best lineman. But, One uh, of them. He is he's a very stud. high up there. He's very high up there. Stud. So uh yeah, give me the Giants by nine. But if if the uh Lions are gonna are gonna get in this game and win it, it's gonna be because uh they stop Saquon. That that's really what it's gonna be. And they're gonna have to score uh you know, I'd say 20, 24 points uh to beat uh to beat the football giants here. I don't think if the game is if, if the Lions score early, you know, a couple times, if um Who's that running back duo? Swift and... Uh, Williams. Williams, yeah. Javon, not Javante. Jamal. Uh, Jamal. I knew it came up as a Jay Williams of yep. my fantasy. Um, Jamal Williams, if they can uh, start punching it in a couple times, you know, first and second quarter, 
Daniel Jones just does not strike me as a guy that can really launch uh, consistent comebacks. I get it. He's done it. The Green Bay game was impressive, but uh, I don't know. The Lions, you always said they were the team that played with heart and they were going to give the Eagles a run for their money. Eagles won that game by three. Should have been more. It wasn't really ever in doubt. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes with the with the Lions here. But I got a feeling Giants actually uh, perform well enough and uh, win by nine. So. I agree. Before we get to our next game here, we do have a message from the KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 performance, a season, excuse me, continues on Friday night, January 13th, with a performance by Ken Garrett and Henry Koretsky. These two longtime performers will bring out the strings in different musical styles. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsonhoff at 484-336-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 610 610- Six eight three, three three nine three. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K U R Kutztown heavy hitters. Hour number two. Again, right back into our NFL discussion. Jack High Mitchell Smedley. We are here. We are live. Back and ready to go. We're going Broadcasting down. Broadcasting from the McFarland Student Union, Union Building. Building. It's three eleven. Three eleven. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the. You're home for sports talk. <laughs> Keep going. What do we got? Oh man, Bears Falcons <laughs> at Atlanta. Uh, four and six Atlanta. Three and seven Bears. Bears coming off another heartbreaker at home to the Lions, where they blew a double-digit lead in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. Lions rumble back. They win. Uh, Justin Fields continues to look better. Uh, you know what do you what do you make of this game, Mitch? And who who you got? What's the line here? Minus. Let me see. I think the Falcons got Falcons be favored, are favored right? by three. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, I really uh, I don't see a clear winner in this game. I think this is going to be that line should be at three. I think it's going to be a field goal game. Um, my gut though tells me I'm seeing a lot of steps forward from this Justin Fields guy. Trust him a hell of a lot more than Marcus Mariota right now. Give me the Bears in an upset here as well. That's two upsets here uh, really really early on in these first uh, three games. I, I I like what I'm seeing from Fields. Uh, the Falcons are just in total disarray. Um, uh, we talked about them last week about vying for the division lead. That just seems such ancient talk right now. They're, they're a bad football team. They lost to the Panthers. Uh, sit down, and uh, Fields is finally going to get a, a win going here. Couldn't agree more. Bears win. Uh, they do pull off the upset. And I like, yeah, I like the Bears. I like Justin Fields. I trust him more than Mariota. I couldn't agree more with what you said about all that. Uh, Khalil Herbert is on IR, so that gives David Montgomery more of a clear uh, share in this backfield. He's a good running back. So uh, look for him to be more involved this week. I like the Bears to win. I will join you in picking. So we both that like upset the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Well, uh, potential snow factor here in this game: Bills and Browns. Uh, there's a snow event projected to happen in that Buffalo region up near Lake Erie, and I believe it's also Lake Michigan are the two that meet there. Yeah, close. I think they don't so. directly, you know, intertwine, but they're very close to each other. I'm not a geography guy. Yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at maps, believe but it or not. In that Buffalo area, there is supposed to be a lot of snow coming their way today, or tomorrow, and Friday. Now the reports are the snow will be cleared out of there by Sunday, so maybe it won't play a factor, but. 
Uh, it could possibly. So we do have to consider that in a very small manner. Bills favored by eight. Josh Allen looking for a bounce back after that rough loss against Minnesota. I expect the Bills to absolutely stuff the Browns in a locker uh, and win by a lot. <laughs> oh, dude, it's an angry Browns, uh, uh, angry Bills team this week, and it's uh, you know a Browns team that's getting ready for some big changes. This is Week Eleven, like I mentioned, and and you know what that means? It's the last game with Jacoby Brissett um, for the foreseeable future here, right? Yes, it was eleven. Yep. So yep, last week before the bye. Last week before the bye. Last week before Deshaun Watson makes his return to uh, starting quarterback. Um, and makes his, his Browns debut. Uh, so this is the last one. Um, I, I think you see it. I think it looks like the last one. I think the Bills are angry. They are upset. They're just the better team, by the way. Uh, let's just talk about that for a second. Diggs, um, Davis. Sideline! Diggs! Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a better receiving core than, than Cleveland's got it. Who do they got? Amari Cooper is their one. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones, Jones. You know, it's it's not that great. And Joku, uh, I, I don't trust them as much. You want to go to the running game? Sure, I'll give you the edge to uh, to Cleveland. And if the snow is um, if the snow is a factor at all, I think the running game will only be amplified. So I, I don't I don't think it's a runaway victory by the Bills, but I think seven to ten points, uh, the Bills take it comfortably. Agreed. Agreed. We're going to Indianapolis Eagles Colts. Eagles, six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're also playing angry after that tough loss against Washington. Uh, they're going to go play Jeff Saturday's led Colts. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I'm going to make this brief. Uh, Eagles bounce back. They win. They're 9-1. Jeff Saturday takes his first loss as head coach of Indy. And uh, Matt Ryan will not be breaking off any 39-yard runs this week. I would hope not. Um, this is a really—it shouldn't be that interesting of a game, but it is. Um, because it's the first adversity the Eagles have faced this season. Not only did they lose their first game uh, in such stomach-punch fashion, but they lost Dallas Goddard, a huge piece of this offense. It's really going to rely on the Batmans now um, to really command this this passing game. You're not getting any help from the tight end spot like you were. It was a four-piece attack with uh, Goddard, Smith, Brown, and Watkins, and now that's that's shortened a little bit. Um I traded for Devontae Smith in my fantasy league. Gave up a hefty price in Mark Andrews. I got Devontae Smith and James Conner. I'll get your opinion on that uh, coming out of the next break, Jack, I guess. But, uh, man, oh, man, this is a really interesting moment for the Eagles, and this is going to be the first defining moment to if I see them going far in the playoffs or a first-round shocking exit. Um, Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles to cover. Uh, I think they get it done, and maybe that's some of my hometown pride coming through. But uh, after one of his worst games, I think Jalen Hurts lights it up. I think you're going to get back to that that effective deep ball to Brown and Smith and uh, let the Batmans take down Saturday uh, on Sunday. All right. Well, we will do a couple more games for a break, a little rapid uh, picks here. Jets-Patriots in New England. The Jets got the better of them. No, New England got the better of the Jets the first time around in the Meadowlands. Do the Jets get revenge? New England's favored by three. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of ball on the ground in this game, especially from the Pats. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, interdivision showdown, Mitchell? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. These games are always so uh, so close, but um, man, I really uh, this is a tough one to call at all. Uh, my gut tells me the Patriots, but I, I might go with the Jets here just because they've been rolling and uh, they saw them the first time around. Uh, maybe the Jets get some revenge here, and uh, it, you know, you said the Patriots are going to be running it a lot. If the Jets can stop that, uh, I don't think the Patriots' passing attack is very effective. They might find themselves in uh, in a hole here at halftime, have to make some adjustments, start throwing the ball a little more, and um, I don't know how effective they're going to be at that. So give me the Jets in a little bit of an upset here. Yes, they're also 
three-point dog. So you go the Jets. I will defer. I will go New England. I think Ramondre Stevenson has a good day on the ground. Pats win in a tight one. I think it's like a 21 to 14 or 17 type game. Very, yeah, very tight game. Yeah. Divisional game. Absolutely. Rams Saints in the Big Easy. Three and six Rams, <laughs> three and seven Saints, two battle of the blech. Um, Cooper Cup out four weeks at minimum. It was placed on IR. Big loss to the Rams offense. Terrible. Uh, I am leaning Saints in this one. That's probably where I'm going to go. I think Camaro will have a good day on the ground. Saints offense will do more than the Rams could produce. And uh, giving the Saints to win, they go to four and seven. This is a tough one. Um, I mean, one of the stars of our league has gone down. One of the premier receivers uh, in this entire National Football League. But will it force the Rams to spread it out more and really become a uh, not more dynamic because you can't become more dynamic than Cooper Cup, but a more balanced offense? Uh, it might. Uh, the Saints are a terrible football team. Uh, I think if I think the Rams defense can really stuff this offense here. And um, honestly, I think they figure out a little something on offense with uh, with guys like Higby, with Henderson, with uh, Allen Robinson, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, is yeah. So Van Jefferson's back too, right? I don't think so. No, Ben Skoranek is Ben Skoranek two receiver. Okay. All right. I thought Jefferson was back for some reason. Um, but yeah, I think maybe Skoranek he is. is. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a guy who watches the Rams week in week out. Okay, I, I know he came back at some point. I may have heard that he got re-injured. I'm not sure. So uh, I, I think the Rams will start spreading it out more. That'll help Matt Ryan because he won't just be gravitating toward Cooper Cup. I think you mean Matt Stafford? Oh, I definitely mean Matt Stafford. Uh, sorry about that. Okay. Um, no, nothing can help Matt Ryan. He's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's busting off 39-yard runs. I, I mean, he's still, uh, he's still got some life in those young legs. I don't know if I should have said that with the Eagles playing him this week. So, But, no, I think the Rams actually— Soundbite uh, material right there. I think the, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the Rams do just enough here to actually win uh, without Cooper Cup against the Saints uh, by about four to seven points. I feel like a, I feel like a weatherman given given snow total four to seven, seven to ten. So Rams, you say? Yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Okay, you're taking another dog. I'm I'm dog heavy this week. And reports have it Van Jefferson is back. So you were correct. Okay, all right, I got it. So you got your deep threat still in order. Okay, we actually do have one more game because this one will take about a matter of 10, 15 seconds. Commanders off the win against the Eagles. They travel down to take on the lowly Texans. I have Oof. Washington. Uh, Texans can't really do anything right. Who do you got in this one? I have Washington as well. That's going to be, uh, you know. Heineke's the I didn't talk about this with the game uh, against the Eagles. I Unfortunately, as painful as it is to say it, He's like, better Wentz than Wentz. is done. Heineke's a much better quarterback than Wentz. Just use the eye test. Use my eye test, and I'm blind. Yeah, look at this Look at this offense with Heineke at the helm compared to Wentz at the helm. It's, it's so much it's more controlled. It's so much more controlled, so different. relaxed. I mean, the guys just in the locker room, they look like they feel more comfortable with this guy at the helm of the team. Yep. So uh, give me the Heineke-led uh, commanders to take down the Houston Texans. Hey, man, Heineke's such a likable guy, too. One more thing. You know, I don't he know was, about that. He was asked about it. You know, oh, I don't know if that whole post-game celebration thing was his idea. But, um, you know, he was asked about it, and he's like, look, you know, I just want to do whatever I can to help this team win, whether it's me starting or, you know, backing up Carson, uh, you know, helping him out. I want to do whatever it wants for this team to win, and that's all that matters winning ball games. That's a team-friendly approach. That's a team-first guy, uh, and that's a guy I'd want on my team. So uh, That's a guy that did not get a late hit and won a game based on two dumb penalties. Yeah, go him. So uh, Play your Meek Mill. We're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to be holding a Lombardi trophy when it's all said and done, and you're going to be, oh, yeah, oh, right, that's right. You're not even going to make the playoffs. I can't wait to clip that when the Eagles playoffs. don't win the Super Bowl because you'll say we'll be holding a Lombardi trophy and I can come back. Whatever. I've said that. that so many times. You can clip any of them. So What are the odds? One out of 32 every year, all right? This we is went, our year. We went 8-0 to this, start out. This is our year. Eagles are a good football team. They are. I'm I, not, I'm not saying, I'm not guaranteeing 
a Lombardi trophy, but I'm saying we have a hell of a higher chance than the Washington Commanders. That could get clipped if the Commanders win the bowl. Imagine. Oh, no. oh my. Oh no. Oh my. That would be fantastic. Um, but anyway, with that being said, we do have to take our first break of hour number two. When we come back, we will keep rapid reacting and picking Left NFL field. Week oh, no. Eleven. Yeah, yeah. We will keep picking our Week Eleven NFL slate here on Heavy Hitters on the flip side of this break. Thank you for tuning in and stick with us. Plenty more coming your way next. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K, you are Kutztown. Jack Heim and Mitchell Smedley coming your way on this Wednesday afternoon here in mid-November. We are nearing Thanksgiving, and that means next week we will be predicting Thanksgiving football games on our Wednesday show. How about that? Uh, but for this week, it? we will get back into our Week 11 picks, and Mitchell Smedley has just entered the room. Thank you for coming back, good sir. Um, Accidentally hit him with a duck. It's okay. It's, we are in time to whew, make our Week 11 picks. I feel bad. It's okay. Well, we'll get something. Something uh, actually, I don't know if this will make you feel better. I know this will make stop sign guy feel better. Ravens Panthers in Baltimore this week. Ravens twelve point favorites. Who you got? Um, can you take a guess? <laughs> I'm gonna. I might just go with the Ravens on this one. The Ravens. The quick. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me you're gonna pick the Ravens over the Baker Mayfield led Panthers? Dude, Are you I'm crazy? Sorry. It's an ex divisional quarterback matchup. Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. A showdown for the ages. And there's Lamar's fifth touchdown pass coming off Baker's fourth I like interception. That. I like that. I like Lamar's fifth touchdown pass. Yeah, you have him? I do. Nice. I like that. Nice. You like that? I do like that. Um, <laughs> That's definitely going to be a sweeper. Okay, <laughs> you um, are. You like that? I like that. <laughs> you like that? I definitely like that. <laughs> yes, I do definitely like that. Um, uh, awesome. Yes, we will both go with the Ravens. Not waste much. Not waste much that was time. A good one. Not waste. Your- <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of gibberish right there. Yes. Not waste uh, much time on that one. Raiders Broncos, the most disgusting oh, matchup of the goodness. week here in Denver. Uh, the battle of the bum head coaches. Mitch, who you got? Oh man, Nathaniel Hackett or Josh McDaniels? Pick your poison, my friend. Give me JMD. Josh McDaniels. I'm going to take the Raiders. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say that, and I will I couldn't tell what was more fun, saying the Raiders or let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. (laughs) Well, I will say both because I am going also with the Raiders. But, uh, you know, they're going to be doing all over Russell Wilson this week in the Broncos. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be saying less ride when they walk out of the stadium with the Thanks, W. That's much better. That because that's what I was going to say. All right, I, lo- I I totally believe you. Less ride. Less ride. Less ride. Less ride. Less ride. <laughs> oh wow! Could you imagine if you're on like a plane and some guy behind you is just doing that, <laughs> like some aisle seat dude, right? Just. De- decked out in Broncos gear? No, not even. Just like in a business suit. Yeah. Let's ride. No, no, no. Let's ride. Yeah, he starts. He Let's starts. Ride. He starts by looking down at himself and saying that quietly to himself, and then <laughs> he gradually stands up and gets louder saying it. <laughs> Let's ride. Let's ride. Gets up. Let's ride. <laughs> oh my goodness! Flight attendant, sir, please take your seat. <laughs> sir, the seatbelt sign is on. Strap it in. Strap in the seatbelt. Um. Cowboys Vikings, America's game of the week, 425 in Minnesota, 8 and 1 versus 6 and 3. 
And the last time these two teams met was when Cooper Rush went up there last year and beat them. On Halloween night. Spooky. Scary to be a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Spooky to play or Cooper Rush, Vikings I guess. Fan. Scary to be a Vikings fan. Well, they're 8-1, and one, and I think they're probably one of the most fraudulent 8-1 teams ever. More I mean, fraudulent this team, than the Eagles? Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. I mean, Why? this team, man, they don't strike me. They're, they're just, good. Look, when the pressure will come and in the playoffs will roll around, this team will fold. Are you basing that only on Kirk Cousins? Not everything. I don't really like this defense You don't like Jefferson much. and, uh, oh, and okay. Thielen? No, you I, don't like I, Hawkinson? I don't like Thielen. Uh, I like Jefferson and Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook. Defense. Three valid weapons there. Look, the defense is extremely, they're good, but they're not great. So okay. I don't know. I don't know. They're a good team. Comparatively speaking to the rest of this league right now, they're a good team. Yeah. I don't know, man. All right. That's your opinion. And for some reason, you're entitled to that. But they're at home. Give me the Vikings. Oh. Okay. Well, we got Dak playing this year, so it's not going to be a, a Cooper Rush situation. Um, Cowboys got exposed by the Packers. I think the Vikings are leaps and bounds ahead of the Packers. Give me the Vikings by seven. Okay. I think the Vikings are a good team. I'm sorry. I just I like the Vikings. Uh, they scare me. They're the only, uh, I think they're the second best team in the conference. And, uh, you know, and I, I'd be stupid if my confidence wasn't shaking in the Eagles a little bit this week. That's why this game against the Colts is so important. Vikings have a chance now with every every passing week uh, that they're tied with the Birds in record to put themselves into that number one seed. So uh, I think they're they're an energized squad. I don't think the Cowboys are. And, and yeah, I think the Vikings, 7-10 to 10 point victory. Well, we will save the Monday night game for our Monday show this next week. But um, our final game in the Pickums is Sunday Night Football, Chiefs Chargers. Who are you picking? The Chiefs. The Chiefs. That was so anticlimactic. I know. I did that on purpose. I love that. The Chiefs win. They are six and a half point favorites. They're on the road. It doesn't matter to me. They're going to win and they're going to roll. Patrick Mahomes will throw for three plus touchdowns, go for over 350 yards. Chiefs win it 35 to 24. Wow. Waiting all day to pick the Chiefs. All right. What a night it's going to be here. Chiefs scoring points. I can't say what I was about to say here. <laughs> 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 Classic Mitchell Smedley, everybody. <laughs> hey, Jack, it's a fact that Chiefs are real good. They're going to win the AFC Conference. That didn't That's, rhyme. Nope. <laughs> We're going to stop this here. Um, we, we, we both picked the Chiefs. We both picked the Chiefs. We both picked the Chiefs. Dude, I had the rhyme. I had it all set up, and then I realized, wait. That's not FCC probably. Well, so... It might be, but we'll I wasn't about to break. go into that gray area. Well, yeah, it's like the gray area of what I was going to say with the Broncos. Yes. So, um, yes. Yes, exactly. Just yes. like that. Yes, precisely. <laughs> so um, Let's ride on into our next topic. <laughs> oh, I was going to bring up, uh, if, since we've been through all our uh, all our picks here, I was going to bring up to you my Andrews trade yesterday. I traded Perfect. Mark Andrews for James Conner and Skinny Batman, Devontae Smith. Um Jack was one of my my consultants on this trade, um, my friend Adam, which I shouldn't even be taking trade input from Adam because he's the one that I traded. Um, who did I trade? I traded, yeah, the Washington running back, uh, Antonio Gibson. 
in exchange for Joe Burrow and Devin Singletary earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, why are you talking to that guy? Right. I No, he was just in our group chat later saying that I got fleeced. All right? I need you, Jack, to defend me on this decision, and then I'll tell you why I did it for my reasons. Well, um, you didn't get fleeced, Mitch. You made a good trade. You got depth at the wide receiver and running back position, which is so vital. You know, the more options you have to play running back, wide receiver, and flex, the better. You know, you will take the sacrifice of the tight end spot to be able to say, you know what, I can play an assortment of guys at these key positions. And that's really what you did in this trade. You did a good job upgrading here. And really, Mitchell, what I think you did here so great in this trade uh, was that you upgraded fantastic at, you know, positions of need. Uh, you know, you had two good running backs with Jacobs and McCaffrey, and then you add, you know, uh, you know James Conner, right? Yes. Yes. James Conner to the mix. I mean, he's a, he's a nice little back. I mean, he's your RB3. I mean, that's really, really good. <laughs> Is that a um, Josh Toot accent? I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good trade. I think you upgraded. You got depth at good positions. And uh, for that... You did not get fleeced, um, Adam. Uh, yeah, buddy. Mitch didn't get fleeced. He made a good trade. Thank you. So here's my problem. It went against my uh, – well, it, it, it embraced one of my philosophies, but it went against another. Uh, I made a huge risk for myself because I've never done it before, drafting a second-round tight end in Mark Andrews. And boy, did it pay dividends through the first half of this year. Uh, incredible. I didn't have to worry about the tight end position. Uh, I can find guys for my flex and whatever. You know, the tight end market has been so awful this year. And that's the that's what the hang-up was for me is, you know, I'm not going to be able to play all these guys that I have in my depth for, for the running backs and wide receivers every week, right? Um, this week is an anomaly. I'll be playing both uh, Connor and Smith because uh, Evans and DK Metcalf are on by. Evans and DK Metcalf are my top two receivers, by the way. Yes. I think Devontae Smith is now my third best receiver, which is valuable because before that it was... It was uh, Deontay Johnson and Jacoby Myers, who I'm still deciding on who I should start this week between those two. Uh, I'm probably going to go Deontay Johnson. I have Myers in there right now. Um, But we'll see. But what this does, and and by the way, my two tight ends that are still on my roster, because I had three, it's a long story, are uh, Juwan Juwan Johnson. I know that's that's Juwan Dotson, but Juwan Johnson and Fabian Moreau, who's filling in uh, quite well for, uh, uh, why can't I think of the name? Why can't I think of the name? <laughs> Waller, the Walrus. Yes. Um, yeah. So both of them caught touchdowns last week, by the way. Uh, little bonus there. They but I, I think they're two usable tight ends, right? Uh, and I can mix and match depending on matchups between those two. And this allows me. I, I got James Conner, who had the potential to be a breakout star. I got him, I think, one week after his breakout began. And I got Devontae Smith, who I've been eyeing up in trades the entire year and he's been a goal of mine what better time to get him than the week dallas goddard goes down and the passing game is going to be more Devonte smith centered around aj brown and as well i think these are two valuable pieces sure it goes against my tight end um my tight end philosophy of let's just lock that down here and now that's in flux a little bit i'm not gonna be able to play all of these guys every week i get that but I think uh, these are two high-risk guys in James Conner and Devontae Smith. They haven't been great this year, but I think they're going to be stretch guys that absolutely win leagues. Um, and that's been my my philosophy this entire year is high-risk, high-reward. I drafted McCaffrey one overall. I drafted guys like Evans, like Andrews. Um, I, I uh, Michael Thomas, that didn't work out, but it did for the first few weeks. Um, it's been my philosophy all year. I'm going to continue to do the high-risk, high-reward uh, moves, and I, I think I can lock down that tight end position with uh, Moreau and Johnson. Absolutely. I think he made a good deal. With that being said, we will move on to our next variety of topics. We have NHL, 
college football and college basketball news to get to. So we will do that and we will take our not take our time, but we will take our time cautiously and use it wisely because we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to start with college football. The playoff rankings, they came out last night, and I will pull those up right about now, and we will get to discussing what your thoughts are on them, Mitchell, and how you think the Final Four could end up. There is a couple weeks in Conference Championship Week to see how everything's going to shake up, Uh, but we will uh, dissect the top four and get your thoughts. All the top four undefeated, number one, Georgia, two, Ohio State, three, Michigan, and for TCU. Now, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other. That's that will a big be next game. Week. That will decide a lot. It will not only decide who goes to the Big, Tw- big Ten Championship game from the Eastern Division, but uh, who will have the upper hand in the playoff discussion. So, How about TCU, man? 10-0. They go to Baylor this week. That's an interesting matchup to watch. Uh, this week, we will change it up. We're not going to take a deep dive into college football games. We will just give you some games to watch that I think we both... Uh, would agree on that are games to watch for the week because we do have some NHL news and uh, light college basketball stuff with the Champions Classic happening last night uh, and getting a couple, getting a good look at some of the premier teams in the country. But uh, with that being said, uh, Mitch, as it stands right now, do you who do you think? Do you think the field? Well, the field probably won't stay the same, but who do you think out of these four will be in it when it's all said and done? Uh, definitely Georgia. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's a crazy state. Even if they lose the SEC championship game. Tell us you. They're, they're not going to lose that game. Okay. Don't worry about that. Um, don't trouble yourself with such minor inconveniences. But I like the scenario possibility. I like I would love thinking. that. Yeah. I, I it would, would create controversy that. up the wazoo. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they will lose it. So I think Georgia stays in. Uh, I think Ohio State wins their game against Michigan. So I think they're in. Um, and then Michigan and TCU, I don't know. Um, I think the two locks, though, are Georgia and Ohio State. Really? Yes. So even if Ohio State loses to Michigan? I don't know. Uh, how does this – see, this is what confuses me about the, the college football system is there's no set path, right? Uh, and this is why I, I don't like this uh, this system. But I, I think I think both these teams, they're ranked two and three. If three beats two, I think that makes two three, and that makes three two. So I think they just flop spots. Yes. They may play each other twice here. Maybe. Yeah, one in the championship and one in the first round of the playoffs. That'd be crazy. So, yeah, I think those three are probably all in. If uh, Ohio State wins and wins big enough, I think Michigan could drop. Okay. Important note to monitor. Yeah. Now, those two are not playing in the Big 12, Big 10 championship. Why do I keep saying Big 12? Big 10 championship, they will play in the final game of the regular oh, not season. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely I, that, right. Yeah. I didn't know they're if you the were same, saying that. They're in the same half of Yeah, the, they're in the uh, same division. Yeah. Yes. Divisions need to go away in college football. It, to be the that's two best what teams. threw me off. Needs to be the two best teams from each conference playing the conference championship. Well, because you get situations so like this where they're clearly the two best. I mean, look at last year. Michigan trounced Iowa. It was yeah. 49 to 3. close. 49 to 3. It wasn't even a game. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Interesting stuff there. But uh, I agree. I think you know, there could be some interesting stuff going on. Tennessee is an interesting team right outside of the top four at oh, five. I hope they get in, man. LSU. I hope they get in. You know, you got USC out of the Pac 12. There's seven. If they went out and win the conference championship, they could get in, barring an LSU loss in the SEC championship. And they could jump Tennessee, maybe. And, you know, a TCU loss could break their way. Interesting pass. There's a lot of paths. The Final Four is by no means set. Um, rooting, we can see a lot of shakeups. I'm rooting for the Vols. In the next couple of weeks. Mitch is a Vols fan for the rest of the season. Bandwagon Vols fan. Um, just because of Morgan Wallen. And they are a fun and team And because that was fun watching them tear down the goalposts. Yeah, and they're a fun team to watch. Yes, they're a great team. And, I, you know, Tennessee's a cool place. I've always uh-huh. wanted to go to Tennessee. Yo, Okay, we're trip to Tennessee. No, Tennessee whiskey. Okay, 
Well, with that being said, right before a break, I'm going to give you some games to watch for college football because, you know, uh, I want to talk some NHL. There's some yeah. things to talk about, uh, and then I'll wrap up with college basketball. So real quick, just looking at the slate of games. Michigan, they take on Illinois. 7-3 Michigan travels, uh, 7-3 Illinois travels up to Michigan. I'm not saying Michigan's going to lose. Just an interesting one in the modern noon slate. TCU at Baylor. Upset alert possibility. I know Uh-oh. Baylor's a four-loss team. TCU only favored by two and a half right now. Um, That's Baylor, crazy. The number Baylor, four team. Yep. Baylor's a good team, but, uh, you know, TCU's a good team, excuse me, and so is Baylor. But, you know, Baylor's got four losses. Possibility that they could stun them. They're good enough to beat TCU, certainly, but I like the Horned Frogs to win. K-State at West Virginia. Interesting one because K-State's right now second in the Big 12. They would be meeting TCU a second time in the Big 12 championship game. Interesting note to monitor there. Oregon State's ranked. Uh, they play Arizona State. That's not a game to watch, but interesting to note that the Beavers are in the playoff rankings. First time ever for them. Good for them. Uh, Georgia at Kentucky, 6-4 and four Wildcats. Dogs favored by 22.5. Big time. Big time. Fat line. Fat spread. Is Mitch <laughs> fat spread. Here. Fat spread. I love that line, Jack. Oh, I see you. Another fat spread there at the Terps of Maryland. Not the, not, not the Tulane Terps. The, the Maryland Terps. Um, <laughs> that was last week's controversy. That Terrapins. was funny. Yes. Terrapins. Terrapins um, and Turtles are basically the same thing. Georgia Tech hosts Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech at UNC, excuse me. Tennessee at South Carolina. Interesting one. And uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas. I like that one. I like Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh at Fayetteville uh, and Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Can Ole Miss fall for the second consecutive week? Battle of Bedlam, 7-30, uh, ABC for that one. Uh, Battle of the two Oklahoma schools, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. couple of big Pac-12 matchups, but I will talk about them briefly when we come back. We do have to go to our break here on Heavy Eaters. Final break of today's show. Don't go anywhere. NHL, college football, and college basketball tidbits coming to me next after our final break of today's show. And welcome into Heavy Hitters. I was totally ready for that. You were totally ready, my man. Was, well, I, saw, I saw a tweet from John Clark, who traditionally reports on, I think, the Phillies. And uh, he said, this is shocking, but I didn't get to open the tweet because we came back. So I'm going to pass my phone to Jack. I'm going to put in my face ID. He's going to click on that notification and see if there's any breaking news that we missed. Just to narrate what's going on. Me and Jack talking about college football, giving you some games to watch. I definitely am totally clear on the difference between the Terps and the Turtles now. No, this I'm not. I still question. <laughs> if I was a mom, this would be kind of shocking. Let me see. I don't know. It didn't pop up. Hmm. I clicked it and... Uh, Hit Twitter. I did. I'm trying to scroll through his account and uh, nothing's there. That's That That does qualify as shocking. Uh, yeah. Try to hit my notifications tab. Okay. Um, yeah, I clicked the notifications tab. It opened Twitter and nothing was there. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Apparently, like the, it's like nothing in, Twitter, in the Twitter app, you know, where yeah. you got home, search, notifications. Yep. Yeah. You went to that? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I found it. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm oh, it's NBA right. stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do we ben got? Sim- ben Simmons. Oh. Frustrations surrounding Ben Simmons have been building in recent weeks in the Nets organization. The coaching staff and players have been concerned about his availability and level of play, with some questioning his passion for the game. Oh, so this is a sarcastic, this is shocking. Yes. This is shocking. Yeah, this is shocking. Yeah, okay. Well, well, I thought we had some breaking news. We don't. We don't, unfortunately. We usually do, but today we don't. No, so far. it's There's still time with the MLB thing, you know? I know, man. Same. Hey, man, come on. But we only have one show. Or actually, we might have two. Are we pre-recording next Wednesday? I would like to, but we're Coming not going to spoil that. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, what man. We spoil it. We're not going to spoil it. Got to tell people they live. should be listening to us while they're traveling. I mean, look, you should be listening. To you should always be, li- oh, yeah. be listening. If you're not, always listening to KUR. Get back on here, Come man. On, yeah. Get back on KUR and listen to heavy hitters like right now. Underrated word, kin. 
kin. Like you and your kin? Like, yeah. I love my kin, you know? Jack, are you yeah. my kin? Uh, yeah, Do totally. you qualify? Oh, yeah. I'm your kin, Jack. Oh, of course. Yeah. Totally. Kin. 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 Can you spell that K-I-N? Yes, K-I-N. Let's spell it with a Y and two N's. <laughs> kin. <laughs> all righty then but that that's how said, i spell it now. two more college football games that you should be on the lookout for top 20 showdown at the rose bowl the usc and ucla could usc be playing themselves out of the playoff with a loss to ucla absolutely Ooh, have to be looking out for that utah takes on oregon all of these games have big implications in the pac-12 championship game there's not divisions in the pac-12 it's the top two teams if oregon beats utah and ucla beats USC, that means Oregon would have the home field in the Pac-12 championship game of right now. I mean, it's a neutral site stadium anyway, but uh, that is of great importance. The Big 12, the Pac-12 championship, I should say, is by no means set in stone. This week's games will have big impact on who will meet uh, in Pasadena to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Look out for that. Uh, it's a city that's not talked about at all. Late Pasadena. Games. No, Pasadena, California. It is yeah, not no. talked about at all. So, USC favored by two and a half. Oregon favored by three. Oregon is home. UCLA is home. Um, interesting to see two great games. You should have your eyes on both of those. Eight o'clock for the USC game at ten thirty for the Utah Oregon game. Pac twelve after dark. Stay up late for that one. That's on ESPN. Absolutely should watch it. We're gonna move on though. We do have to talk about NHL and a little bit of college hoops here uh, with a little bit of early season tidbits for the NHL. Devils continue to be scorching hot. Ten game win streak for New Jersey. I mean. Wow. I mean, That's wow, wow, wow. 13-3. and three. They continue to rock and roll. They beat the Habs last night. The Canadians. Is it 5 How did they get that name? I don't I know. confused Great me. question. Um, I am not. I do not know that. I, I've heard it before, but I forgot. Oh, yeah. I, it's one of those weird things. Anyways. They win 5-1. to one. Jack Hughes, a pair of goals. He's got seven on the year. Jesper Bratt continues to rock and roll. He's got six. And, yeah, the Devils. I mean, they play great defense. Their offense is young. They can score. This is a team that's really done it all well through the first 16 games. They're 13-3. and three. They're rolling in the Metro. And uh, they're kind of putting the league on notice right now. Uh, 100%. I mean, I don't think uh, we had them as the top of our Metro uh, when we gave our season predictions. No, we did not. Devils, a surprise team here right out of the shoot. And, um, you know, Jack, as Josh would say, though, it's only game 16. Yeah, yeah, it's only game 16. One-fifth I mean, of the way through. Yeah, and that John Marino trade's been incredible for the Devils. They Very got him from good, Pittsburgh. Yeah. They sent Ty Smith to, uh, to Pittsburgh in return. John Marino's been an incredible impact on this team. Second pair right defenseman. Uh, I believe he plays at Ryan Graves. I mean, look, this defensive core, man, it's just incredible to see what they're able to do. They play so well. Uh, the advanced metrics uh, you know, lean in their favor. They're first in expected goals against. Uh, I could keep going on and on and on, but they play great defense. The goaltending's been well. All three phases of the game, the Devils have been incredible at so far to start this season. Uh, man, Lindy Ruff, you know, he was on the brink of potentially losing his job. Now he's got a very secure job with how the Devils have been able to rebound and get on a 10-game heater. So, uh, look Lindy at Ruff greater than Darren Ruff. Yes. Oh, that's on the debate. I know. I know. Just wanted to, you know, drive the knife in a little further. Haha, <laughs> funny, funny, funny. It former is. Islander. It's we'll hilarious. talk about the Islanders a little bit, but former Islander John Tavares scores his 400th goal of his NHL career as the Leafs roll on to beat the Penguins 5-2 in Pittsburgh. The Penguins' game of not being able to play defense has continued. They can score a little bit, but man, oh man, can they not play a thing called defense. So uh, until that gets corrected or they make a move, 
The Pens are in store to have a rough season so far, 6-7-3 to their first 16. We are nearly to the first 20 games of the year, Mitch. Yeah, it's NHL crazy. season is going pretty quickly. Moving fast. Yep. Well, we're going to go to the Islanders now that I just brought up a former Islander. They are 11-6 on the year, 9-1 in their last 10. They are also really hot, but since the Devils have taken the league by storm, the Islanders have kind of flown under the radar, but they're second in the Metro. They're playing some pretty solid hockey, beat Ottawa 4-2 on Monday night on some goals scored by Oliver Wallstrom on the power play. J.G. Paggio gets on the board. Brock Nelson gets the empty netter. Islanders continue to win. They continue to play well, and they have put themselves in a good position on this bounce-back type of year after last year's train wreck. Yeah, it's a very good start. Uh, nine and one in their last ten. Like you said, that's ninety percent. Um, and you're absolutely right. If the Devils uh, hadn't been at an absolutely torrid pace, Islanders would be the talk of the town. And you know who knows? Uh, can the Devils keep this up? We'll see. If they can't, the Islanders are right there to take the division. Well, apparently they're called the Habs because it's an abbreviation given to the players and fans. Uh, the French Canadian abbreviation less lace. Habitants or habitants. I don't know if that's it's weird. It says lace like it's French Canadian. It says les, les habitants. So uh, the informal name given in the 17th century to the original settlers of in quote New France. Okay, well, habitants like inhabitants. You know, yeah, some root words here. So look at that. Les habitants. That is the name. Well, before we get back to our NHL discussion, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. On Saturday, November 19th at 6 p.m. in Rickenbach Theater, LC 135, we are bringing KU's finest musicians and creatives together for an incredible concert on campus, broadcasted live by the Department of Cinema, Television, and Media Productions live event class and hosted by Quentin Thomas Brown. Admission is free for this show that will have something for everyone, from chill acoustic sets to bumping hip-hop acts. Come see The Blinds, Lainey Altmiller, Connor Gregory, Slightly West, and special guest Lance Shapiro and Griffin Moonstone for a night to remember. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Final eight minutes of today's show. Final hockey tidbits and injury updates. Jonathan Druin for the Habs is out four to six weeks. Uh, man, it just feels like that guy cannot stay healthy. So unfortunate. I hope he gets better and gets back out on the ice soon. Jake Muzzin leaves defensemen out until February with an injury. They also have lost TJ Brody, so some back-end injuries on the defensive side of things for the Maple Leafs. And new report, uh, the Sharks are starting to hear offers on star defenseman and two-time Norris Trophy winner Eric Carlson. So his market could be heating up. Bo Horvat, the captain of the Canucks as well, his market is starting to heat up. Over the Canucks struggles and Bo Horvat's scorching hot start to the year, I think already notching 13 goals for Vancouver. So he is hot. The Canucks captain could be on the move up to Jim Rutherford and the Canucks front office to see what they elect to do. Uh, that's pretty much it for hockey. Mitch, you want to weigh in on any of these things real quick? Uh, the only other thing I had was, did you see John Tortorella's interview mid-first uh, mid period the other night? Yes, that was hilarious. That Fantastic. Was, uh, exactly why we brought him here. That is exactly John Tortorella. Yeah. That is exactly what he embodies. It's exactly what I fell in love with when I heard the first audio of him uh, that they played on our, our sports station down in, down in Philly. I mean... This is what you want. I mean, even during a, an awful year, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch him. Uh, and he was asked about you know what he thought of his team, and they weren't playing well. And he simply said, "We suck." <laughs> hey, John, what do you think your team's performance in the first fifteen minutes? We suck. Yeah, we, we didn't do suck. Anything. We, we don't suck. do anything. <laughs> we didn't do anything. We don't forecheck. He really wanted to see some forecheck, which I love. Go hit some people. You know? what, what would you like to see more of? Forecheck. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yep. Slams the headset down. John Tortorella, classic, right there. Love. Uh, him. He's a. Hockey guy through and through, loves the game, loves to coach the game, and uh, he's a coach that, you know, he's really tough on his players, but his players can really gravitate to you, and I think in a city like Philadelphia, he really embodies that culture of the city so much. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that fans can really, you know, get behind, and they would run a th- run through a brick wall for him. So uh, Give this a couple of years to fester, Jack, and I mean, the Flyers, 
I think they found their guy with John Tortorella to uh, bring us out of this dark age here. Absolutely, I think they'll be back, they'll be back in playoff hockey in a few in a couple of years here. So, yeah, and uh, they're going to be mean when they get there. They're not going to be a team you want to face. No, be dropping the not. gloves like it's 2012 against the Penguins. How about that we series? Could party like it's 1985 <laughs> or what is it? 83, 89, 99. 1999. I don't know. I knew I messed up the song. Maybe it's 85. I think there's no. I think 80- it's eighty nine. No, I think there's no. I think it's ninety nine. Okay, probably well, like it's nineteen ninety nine, and she's still preoccupied with nineteen eighty five. Oh, okay, that's she's it. She's still preoccupied with nineteen 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 eighty five. Well, bowling for soup. Aha. Uh-huh. See, that's why you host a music show, and I don't. <laughs> um, I love me some music. No, I like music too. I just completely misreference the song. Jack will probably be on Redneck Rush Hour this week. I will. I will. I will. I will. Uh, and we will wait for that. that. That'll be a fun little time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I get on the show. But uh, college basketball news last night: Champions Classic was in Indianapolis. That saw Michigan State and Kentucky meet up, and Duke and Kansas. We will break down those games a little bit. Michigan State comes back and outlasts Kentucky in a win, 86-77 in double overtime. Uh, Jacob Toppin looked pretty good for Kentucky, and you know, in his action, he made some creative jump shots. Oscar Sheebway, the reigning player of the year, he comes back, has 22 points, 18 rebounds off the bench. Looks like another front runner for player of the year. Again, is C.J. Frederick. I'd like to see him get some more shots for Kentucky. He's a guy who can really knock down the three ball. For Michigan State, uh, their forwards look really good. Malik Hall especially had some key dunks and layups down the stretch to keep the Spartans alive. Joey Hauser was raining down threes. Uh, Sissoko was also a big paint presence along with Hogarth and Walker locking it down in the backcourt. Michigan State, a much better team than I expected. Uh, they look do look decent so far. The other game of that Champions Classic was Duke and Kansas. And uh, college basketball has found his new uh, public enemy number one slash villain. And uh, that is Kansas's own Grady Dick. Yes, that is his name. Grady Dick. No one was questioning him on that. 14 points, and, uh, you know, he is just a guy. 6 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3. Didn't light up the world, but, man, he was uh, good when they needed him to be. Could be a freshman of the year candidate. Jalen Wilson, one of the key returnees from the national championship squad. 25 points, 11 boards, puts up a double-double. They beat Duke 69-64 to in one of the big... You know, one of Duke's biggest games so far, that's been without Coach K. I mean, this is the first year without one of the most legendary college basketball coaches ever. And, uh, you know, Duke just could not get it done here. They were tight. They played it well. But, uh, you know, just not enough to get it done at the end of the day. I know you're not a big college hoops guy, Mitch. I love college basketball myself. I know myself. you do. I know so, you do. So, uh, I'm excited the season's back. We've had some big upsets early, uh, including UNLV taking down Dayton last night. Yep. You know, my Seminoles off to a horrible start, 0-3. I'll be paying attention to some Division II college uh, hoops next year. Ah. Yeah, my sister's going to uh, Georgian Court. Wow. Yeah, going to be playing there. Really? Yeah. Georgian Court? We play Georgian Court. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we, men's basketball, Custom Men's Basketball plays them on Saturday. She'll be playing for the uh, women's team, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, she ought to tune in. Yeah. So, uh, two of those games on Saturday. Got to have her on the Bears beat. Oh, we could. No, she, no, I wouldn't do that to her. She... Uh, she doesn't like. Um, she she likes to take more of the behind the scenes approach. You know what ah, I mean. Ah, gotcha. She loves to make things happen off off mic. Gotcha. She's, she's damn good at it. Yeah. Play on the court, backs it up. So good for her. Yeah, well, congratulations on yep. her commitment to Georgian Court and continuing her uh, athletic and oh, our academic and athletic uh, career. Yeah, she's really excited for it. So so congratulations to her. Absolutely. I doubt she's listening because she's in high school. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. She's actually probably at basketball practice right now. So Yeah, probably as we near the 4 o'clock hour. Um, yes, sir. Anything else for the good of the order, Mitch, on today's the show? The good of the order? Um, or for the good of our listeners, I should say. 
Well, I got a I got a text earlier that said, uh, "How would you feel if the Braves got Trey Turner and the uh, Phils got Dansby Swanson?" Um, whatever. Probably uh, not good. Not great, but uh, you know, I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be the other way around. Swanson to the to Atlanta and Turner to the Phils. Please just make it happen so I can talk about it, like so I can have something to be thankful for on Thanksgiving next week. Yeah, as we come down to the uh, holiday season, hope everyone's getting ready, getting festive. Um, I don't really, uh, you know, I think we covered most of the sports news. Uh, anything else uh, for you, Jack? No, there's some good college basketball mid-major games cup coming this week. I'm not going to have enough time to cover all of them or even really any of them as we do have to go. But uh, college basketball rolls on in the early season. NHL continues to progress. A lot of big headlines coming out of there. NFL Week 11, tune in. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Be safe. Have fun watching a variety of sports. Hopefully, MLB Free Agency does continue to pop and give us some more news to talk about to come next week for our Monday show. But with that being said, enjoy a great weekend of college football, great weekend of NFL, college basketball, and NHL. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, once again, as always, check out our Instagram at heavyhitterskur for suggestions for the show. Some things you like, some things you don't like. If we're doing good, if we're not doing so good, please leave a review. Please give us something. Maybe you want to see us talk about more. But uh, for Give Mitchell us Smedley, go birds there. Uh, you could. I wouldn't endorse <laughs> that, but Mitchell would. Go once birds! Again, Thank you for listening to Heavy Hitters. Plenty more student-run shows coming your way tonight, uh, including Outstanding Originals at 9 and 10. But don't go anywhere. Play more coming up next on KUR. Thank you all for tuning in to Heavy Hitters.